0: All right, welcome back to Thunder Talk, everybody. We're broadcasting live from the mobile, the mobile podcast studio. Nick's truck. Nick Mookie's back here, and uh, we're headed out to go kill a bear or two tonight. Hopefully, yeah. If we can get untangled from this spiderweb of cords <laughs> I got all over here. But uh, anyway, yeah, we're kicking off, kicking off the first night of bear season. Basically, I mean, season's been open, but the first sits when it starts that's right first hunt of the year now you've you've described to me before what the first how would you describe the first sit of the year the (laughs)
1: first sit of the year when when you're on a good bait is definitely the best and i'm expecting nothing less tonight but last year was a little slow early on and then uh, i picked up after that but the years prior to that, the first sit has been incredible. I think you sat with me once on a first
0: sit, and it was... Yeah, that was... Was that when you killed the one with your... With the recurve? With your dad's recurve, yeah. Yeah. And then I thought... I almost thought when you killed that one with your compound a couple of years ago, that was the first sit, or last year.
1: Uh, I didn't hunt uh, this bait last year. Oh, was no, gone. two years ago. But two years ago, when you filmed me, that that wasn't the first sit. That would have been... Um, that was middle of june because there right, was grizzlies yeah. on there already and yeah that was like the the 18th of june so yeah, some other people had hunted it first
0: do this enough you get everything all discombobulated <laughs> but yeah i don't know man yeah the first i don't You're i don't know up. if i would say it's necessarily better it's definitely more exciting i guess because you've been antsy to get out i mean it it can be really good right but uh, not, I don't know, there's plenty of other <laughs> sits way later in the season I've killed bears on, but there is something about the first time you're getting climb up in the stand. And,
1: and you know, where we're going tonight, we don't even know if there's any bears there yet. No. But given the weather, the way the wind's blowing and has been blowing, the amount of bait we put out initially and, the, you know, all the stink we, we put out, um, you know, it's been, what, nine, nine or ten days?
0: Oh, it was last Thursday we put it out.
1: Wednesday. No, it was Thursday. Thursday,
0: because then we put mine out Friday.
1: Okay. So it's been eight days.
0: Yeah. No, I will be, especially in a spot like that, I'll be pretty shocked if there's not something something on it. And the cool
1: thing about this bait is that usually early on, there's a lot of bigger bears that come in, you know, just for the first week or so. And then they seem to disappear. And I have yet to catch up with them because I usually don't hunt until Memorial Day weekend Yeah. and and after. So I get up there Memorial Day weekend and check the camera, and I'm like, oh, man, I you know, a couple years in a row that's happened. And then they just don't come back until maybe later they'll come back if there's a, a sow in heat or something to bring them in.
0: Yeah, I remember that. I think it was the, the night you shot that one with the recurve. We went in there, and you'd put the bait out three weeks before because a lot of times you put it. And that was pretty early when you put it out and yeah it was You usually stuff doesn't really start moving until about now right right or you don't start getting hit but uh there were so many bears had been on that bait from like two days after you put it out
1: yeah like the first i think we put it out on the first of may and by the by the second of may we were getting pictures already but of course you don't know that until you go and, and check it or whatever and i don't like to check my baits as often as other people do i like to set them in a spot, have confidence in the area, and then go back with hopes to hunt your first time back. Um, instead of going and checking and checking and checking and getting your scent all around and everything for, for, you know, basically wasting time. Cause if there's nothing there, there's nothing there.
0: Yeah. I've noticed, I've, I don't notice, but I firmly believe that that the less time you can spend in a bait site when you're not hunting, the better.
1: Or, you know, in the opposite to that, you know, all the people that run guided um, bear hunts, you know, they spend a lot of time at their bait sites, so you know those bears almost get used to the the human interaction and and their presence being around, and it, it you know pretty much has the same effect as not going there as often. Yeah. But for just us recreational hunters, you know. I, I try to stay out of there as much as I can. Luckily, it's far enough away where I'm not tempted to go there during the week.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, I th- you know, we've mentioned that before on, you know, other episodes talking about bear baiting. It just pays to get out there, and, you know, there's so many baits right around town, or any area that's easily accessible is getting baited, and it's worth it to me to put them far enough out where you don't have to spend near as much time checking it or right less pressure sitting or waiting you know and bears around town are smart i (laughs) you know in that oh that one drainage i know you know the one i'm thinking of Where i don't know how many baits there are in that drainage too many too many (laughs) but there's bears there and baits get hit yeah but uh you know, I know guys who have seen bears come and circle like 100 yards downwind of them. And if they're there, they leave. And I think, you know, bears that are used to that many baits being around, people being around, they, I think a lot of them will check baits before they go in to see if anybody's there and then move on to the next one if, if there is. Right, and when they're that close
1: together, it's easy for them to hit a few of them in a row and wait for the one that doesn't have anybody there.
0: Yeah, and that kind of, I guess, thinking of that brings me into a few things I don't think we really mentioned, and I guess some things not to do when you're baiting. Um, The biggest thing, I don't know, one of the biggest things I can think of that I I hear of guys, and I've heard like three different guys this year, sitting when there has not been a bear on your bait, it is a waste of time, (laughs) like pointless. There's always
1: a chance that a guy could get lucky, but when you're sitting on a bait that hasn't had a bear on it yet especially a newer bait i think you're wasting your time trying to sit there that first night or you know i know a couple people that sit four or five six times you know with no bears on their bait and i think there's a smarter approach to that you could save some time and money
0: (laughs) yeah just well and, and that's the thing i think you know sitting on it when there's no when no bears have found it yet is counterintuitive it's counterproductive because you know how does a bear find your bait? Well, most of the time they smell your lure, or you know whatever stink bait or whatever you have to pull them in, which I'll get into that in a minute. But and so they smell that wherever they're wandering through and come into the bait. And I I think most of them probably thoroughly check out and they come in really cautious. That first initially. Time. oh yeah. And if you're there, they're they may smell your your lure, your stink bait, or whatever, but they're also smelling you. If they're downwind to your bait, they're downwind to you. Um, unless you're, you know, set up several hundred yards away. But yeah, I suppose if
1: you're rifle hunting and you and you got <clears throat> a good wind, which is sometimes hard to do when you're bear hunting, uh, you know, good wind, a good wind for what? For carrying your scent to where you think that the majority of the bears are going to catch it, and then it would have to be the opposite, you know, the nights you sit. Um, I suppose rifle hunting and sitting a bait before it's been hit, if you're far enough away, I mean, that might not be a complete waste of time, but, you know, our our stands are set up, you know, 15 yards away. Yeah. If, there's, if they're going to smell the bait, I don't think there's really a way around them not smelling you.
0: Yeah. At we, the, and at the very least, when they if they come in to investigate that, they're, you know, they're going to come in cautious. Oh, yeah. And probably, you know, most of them, I think, will probably circle that bait and they'll, you know, we're and spend a lot of time going slow in there i mean i've seen bears that have been on the bait before that will sometimes come in and just sit down like 30 40 yards back there and just sit there well, i mean and we watch
1: uh, the year you and i hunted together with uh the recurve in the ground blind that bear that i killed that night that was the first time it had been in that bait and you yeah. saw how cautious he came in yeah he stood behind the bait for 20 minutes or so not an hour but who knows how long he was back there that we couldn't see him yeah but i he he did act very 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 cautious when he came in he and
0: had, yeah and it and i think it probably helped him come in that that sow had oh, already been in there that yeah. evening you know so i think that you know once there's other bears in the area and using it you know your chances are a little better of, of seeing a bear on their first time in but when it's just cold you, you, I mean it's just a waste of time. Right. So yeah, I mean you can go sit up in a tree and wait for something that's not going to show up all you want, but I would recommend against that.
1: Let's talk about uh, call sense and stuff that that you've yeah. had luck with in the in the past. I I think we use a lot of stuff that most people don't use, and I know a lot of my friends have started using the, some of the things that we have been. Uh, in recent years but um, prior to that prior to that I I don't I don't know a whole lot of people that are using what we're
0: yeah and it's like I don't know in any kind of call scent type thing and I guess to break it down on a bear you know bear bait that's going to be successful you need something to get them there and something to keep them there you can't just go dump a bag of dog food out in the woods or a bag of donuts and expect to have a really productive bait you may have a bear that finds it By chance, but what that, you know, whether it's bread or dog food or donuts or oats or whatever, um, he ain't pulling us over. Just got flashed by a trooper, so (laughs) no brake lights. (laughs) Ants in her pants. Anyway, uh, where was I going with that?
1: Call sense.
0: Call sense. So you have your, your base food that's for them to eat and keep them there. But you need to have some kind of strong call scent. And I guess in, you and I have gone back and forth on this a little bit because I don't care too much for the sweet stuff. Like anise is really popular or right. all these different sweet smells. And I know, I think the reason you were u- using it on this bait before you could shoot grizzlies Yeah, it, back it, in I those d- days. I didn't
1: want any... Uh like meat smell or nothing like that on my bait because I didn't want grizzly bears to come and they're going to find it anyhow but I think it took two years before we actually had grizzly bears show up on on this particular one and I didn't use any meat scent at all just sweet stuff and and a few other little secrets but the uh the sweet stuff is is great to put on your food and and whatever you want them to eat but as a call scent I think there are way more potent options out there yeah
0: and I mean and it's one of those things that could be really when you break it down can be as simple or complicated as you want to make it you know i've a little a few times gone kind of gung-ho trying different stuff when very likely all the while it could just a couple things could do it what we always used to do and it worked really well was just uh take uh salmon skins or you know cut the skins off the off salmon flays from the year before you know every time we'd cook them or whatever and throw them in a bag in the freezer and save them and then drop them in a little bucket with some water and seal it up and leave it out in the sun for a couple weeks and you want to talk about stank <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty bad but uh if you can get some kind of you know legal there's illegal ways to do it too but if you know if you can use you know fish heads or or parts of parts of fish that you can legally use for bait just throw them all in a bucket with some water and let her cook right and that will bring grizzly bears in too but uh just having something that's extremely potent i mean those bears probably smell that for 10 miles downwind right you know and just the difference between that and most of the any of the commercial sweet stuff you know yeah the stuff smells good but it's not near as strong And you want something that Bears are going to be able to smell for miles. Right. And it's just going to hang in the air. But uh, other stuff we've used. um. My my
1: favorite is that knockout stuff. And I, I started using that around 10 years ago or so. And it smells like propane. I'm sure some of the listeners have heard of it. But James Valley Scent is who makes it. And you can buy it. And it comes in a small little jar. Just don't get it on your clothes. (laughs) <laughs> and uh and you know they say one little jar will open up several bait sites i usually go falls to the walls and use one on each one but um, it lasts the the scent doesn't go away it doesn't dilute with rain or anything like that and, and that's you could the,
0: even stir it up like yeah yeah when you go, come back you put a big glob of it on a tree and then you come back and if it's kind of faded you can kind of agitate it. it a little bit with a stick and it'll uh
1: i've put it in bottles with you know, paper towel and, and water and um, then cut holes in the bottle and hung, hang it up. I did that last year. It seemed to work fine. I had a brand new bait and um, used that along with Magnum Martin trapping lure. Uh, both are easily available either online or, you know, if you got a trapping store or something nearby. And, man, both of them stink to high heaven. And yeah. And
0: <laughs> in that, in that Magnum Martin, it comes in a little jar. It's Martin lure for trapping. And... I think you said Joan has been using that for quite a while. I guess what turned me on to it, um, there's you know, a scent company up here that they make some pretty good stuff and I've tried a lot of it, but they're their um real nasty stuff that they won't ship. Their nasty bore line or whatever. Right. Um I guess you know, bait them 907. I'd ordered a bunch of their stuff. I guess some of the stuff they ship. I'm talking in circles here. No, they
1: don't. I don't think they'll ship the stinky stuff that but, they're making recently. Though, because I
0: got some of those, they make these crystals basically that you you spread on the ground and the bear it sticks to the bear's feet and they track them. And I tried some of those out and anyway, but that that offensive scent just smelled to me the same as Magnum Martin. So it must be the base. I think it's skunk. Yeah, is the base scent of that. And so I just kind of clicked in my head. I'm like, well, Magnum Martin's like. 10 or 11 bucks a jar
1: you know and and the key to the, the a call scent is to make sure that one it's going to last and two it's got to be strong enough to to really carry and i don't i just don't think that any sweet scent that you may have it's not going to be as strong as as the options for uh you know that you have with the trapping lure and, yeah. and knockout and whatnot so
0: obviously another great ones beaver carcasses beaver works very well which they uh (laughs) it's kind of funny story because even up here to get to set up baits you have to take this little class and i guess now you can do it online when i started you had to go to the class really and take the little test which was a joke but well the test is still a joke in my opinion but they uh you know the fish and game puts it on oh yeah you know beaver carcasses make great attractors um you skin the beaver and hang it up well i mean they've been Saying this, and everybody's been doing it for decades. Right. Well, one nosy guy, I guess, saw on the back of his bait permit that, uh, let me back up, in the published hunting regulations that said, you know, it lists what you can and can't use for bait. And I'm trying to remember the wording of it. It says you can use this, this, and this. And other part or and parts of animals take legally taken not required to be salvaged which base are fur bearers so you take a under reading that a beat you take a beaver with a trapping license you either have to salvage the the hide or the meat so if you salvage the hide you don't have to salvage meat so under that that makes beavers okay to use for trapping meat well, someone noticed that there was discrepancy on the back of the little bait permit they give you to put at your site. That little phrase was left out. So they started asking questions, and we'll come to find out in the actual law it was not legal to use beaver carcasses as tra- as bear bait. Okay. And there was a big old uproar, and I, I mean, I called the troopers to try and square it out, and the guy, it always frustrates me, oh... You know, I'm like, well, there's a discrepancy. It says this in the regulations. He says, oh, you mean the handy-dandy reference book? <laughs> I'm like, well, it says hunting regulations on it. You can't put something out there saying it's the hunting regulations. Granted, the actual statutes are more in-depth and complicated. Yeah. But, anyway, long story short, that guy just told me, and I did take down his name <laughs> in case I got checked. He just told me, well, I'll just cut the legs off of him. But the next year, they got the, they got that clarified and fixed, so... We're fine. it was really just an overlook i think so yeah beaver carcasses bears everything loves eating beaver and if you can't get a
1: beaver you can always buy beaver caster and uh trapping lure or whatever with beaver caster in it and you know that's a lot easier to carry around yeah. than the beaver itself
0: and that's you know that's the main the smelliest part of that beavers their casters you know if we're hanging up a carcass we'll cut open the casters so that nasty liquid just drains all over and really you know i mean it it stinks. It stinks to high heaven. <laughs> I kinda like beaver casters. I don't mind it. No, I don't mind it. But uh it's not, not any kind of rotten, it's almost got a sweet they used to make perfumes out of it, I think. I'm serious. Wow. I don't know who would have wore that, but or, or used it as a base scent or something. I don't know. Okay. I don't wear perfume, so
1: <laughs> I quit myself. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you can get uh, you can get beaver caster scent and i think what i the stuff i got this year is just a beaver call scent it's for trapping beavers and in, in the spring um they build little mud mounds you know up off the bank and send them up with their casters it's kind of territorial deal and you use you use that as an attractor to them because they think some stranger beaver's been in their territory and go in there and get caught but uh yeah the stuff's just stanky beaver caster jar beaver caster basically so you know if you if you don't have access to the carcasses or you don't want to deal with them then that stuff's a pretty good option i think that uh i think sometimes that sow and heat sense you can get at the right time of the year i i've had
1: good luck with sow and heat i I've had many bears come up walk right to where the you know the paper towel or cotton ball that i put it on they walk right up to it and you know it's first thing they go to uh depending on where you buy it from you know you might have different luck i you like the bear bomb things i've never really messed with them other than sitting with you but you know the Boar masters makes a great uh sow and heat scent i mean
0: i need to order some of that like i because you gave me some one year and i same thing like punched holes in a little water bottle and put some in there with some water and hung it up in a tree and the bears tore it down i think that stuff i you know i think that stuff's better i kind of Tend to go with the bear bombs just because it's what it, they in have town. It, yeah, they
1: have it in town, and it it's unfortunate that you know. And I'm, you know, I don't really buy a whole lot of stuff from sportsmen's here in town. But you know, all the bear hunting, you know, I guess stuff that they do sell the products and whatnot. It's all the sweet stuff. They don't yeah. they don't really dabble in like you know. I like that uh, Bear Sense LLC makes this stuff. They're a company out of Wisconsin or Minnesota, and they make. That bacon spray. Well, they sell the same spray at Sportsman's, but only in uh, anise and blueberry. But the the bacon spray smells way worse than the blueberry or yeah. anise smell will ever smell. That stuff smell. is
0: strong.
1: It's like you know, it'd be it'd be great if they would you know start getting some more stuff like that, so we don't have to order everything online and pay shipping and wait and blah yeah. blah. Yeah.
0: But I guess you know boils down to it, you don't need to get super complicated because I think you told me. I mean. You know, I used to use just a stink bait and dog food and some some Kentucky Fried Chicken Grease mixed in there. Right. And uh, I like to keep it
1: as simple as I can. If I can carry two little jars in my backpack that have, you know, a very, very strong scent to them, that's way easier than trying to buy, you know, 20 different products and trying this and trying that. And really, bear baiting can be very expensive, I think. two years ago I kept track of how much I spent and I was pretty shocked at the end yeah. <laughs> of the year just messing around with different things but I, I, I don't really think I've seen a much difference in, compared to the years where I've used lesser things And but
0: yeah it's uh so yeah I don't know it's fun sometimes to dabble with this different stuff sure. and see if it works but in the end I think most of it's probably not any better than just going simple? yeah But uh. But I mean, if you have a
1: spot that you can go and check often, you know, once you have bears on there to keep them fed and everything, and you have access to, you know, what what is at your local store, then yeah, that's going to be your better option. But before the season, you know, you can stock up on on the on the other things and and probably be set.
0: Yeah. Man, I totally am spacing on where I was going to go next. I had it just a minute ago. Got bears on the brain, I guess. (laughs) I think it's going to be a good night.
1: Yeah, it should be. The wind's blowing perfect tonight, and uh, not too strong. And not only that, but the leaves are budding out.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. I don't know. Some of the old timers say that's when the bears like really started moving and hitting baits. You know when you're when things start to green up and it's barely starting. Yep. But uh, I did get my got my stone points back yesterday, mounted on my shafting. So I was up till midnight sealing my sealing those shafts and putting them together. And uh, they look sharp. I think they're going to be like pretty sharp. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think there's going to be. I'm going to try to kill a bear with every one of them.
1: That would be pretty good. So. We got. They that. look stout enough. They look big enough. They look uh, they look really good. As long as they're flying good, I, you're not gonna have a problem with that.
0: Yeah, and that's I mean that's the only reservation I have because I can be so anal about my stuff working right, and I cannot practice with these stone points because <laughs> you know chances of breaking them are just too much. I, yeah,
1: you're better you know, off now. Breaking
0: chips off of them or whatever. So what I did was basically match up within like i think it's like within 15 grains um broadheads and been shooting them on my wood shafts and got them shooting really good i tell you i'm freaking done with wood after this episode's over i i mean i could see for nostalgia purposes shooting wood but everything about them is is just way more inconsistent than carbon arrows. I mean, if you want to call me not traditional for that, okay. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's you know everyone's a little crooked, and it's just no, you know, and even I think to get if you were to get and I had to have these shafts made, I think if you were going to really get well matched wood shafts, like a dozen of them, you'd probably have to go through twelve dozen arrow to know, find twelve the shafts. You know, even even the shaftings that is he, the guy that made them for me, um, spined them all and weighed them all. And even ones that are the same, that spined the same are like, you know, and they're close. They're within like 15 grains of each other. But still, like when you're talking what you can put together with carbon arrows. Right. That's a big discrepancy. <laughs> but they say if all else fails, put more feathers on the back. So I got, <laughs> I got four or five and a half inch turkey feathers on the back. So... I think it'll do pretty good. The broadheads have actually got flying really well right now, so, and they're with they're within like 15 grains of, of the stone points. At so, least you
1: can shoot something similar to practice with, and yeah, barring any catastrophes, the stone points should fly just fine.
0: Yeah, I don't understand how like because there are guys out there that will just throw on something totally new and go.
1: It'll <laughs> <That'll> happen. <laughs> but yeah i guess i haven't shot the broadheads that i wanted to shoot yet this year either. I guess but, you haven't <laughs> yeah but I'm, I'm not too concerned uh the
0: no they're the same you know i guide mounted i mounted them and and glued them on and spun them and they all they all spin good and everything so and they're the same weight as the points we right tuned your arrows for so i think they'll be just fine
1: yeah i've been shooting that bow well too i'm i'm enjoying it i just out, took that one shot out of my compound when i got home to make sure it was still shooting and it's been nothing but the recurve ever since and it's been fun oh. hopefully tonight i get to oh well, this guy had a little this, issue yeah but.
0: wheel fall off or something but uh yeah it's uh get your get get its hooks into you yeah it's fun our old buddy frank schultz has got <laughs> bit by the recurve bug lately <laughs>
1: He came over the other day to help me build that deck and he was swearing the whole time that he wished he'd have brought his bow so we could have shot. But Yeah.
0: Yeah, he, uh, because he, he's killed some deer with a bow, with a compound. Right. He has, you know, an older compound. He's been shooting at this spring and then decided or I think he was over at, at Temple's place. Okay. And shot his bow a couple times or something like that and decided uh, he needed to, needed to try that so he went and bought a recurve and and has been shooting his shot actually looks pretty pretty good for a guy that's never done it before right so frank's gonna try to kill a bear this this spring too i think we're gonna we got a big trip planned for that and should be should be pretty busy skinning hopefully on that one <laughs> but yeah first sit so the plan tonight is i'm bringing my bow obviously as well just because they'd be stupid not to but nick's gonna kill a big bear tonight and then i've got a big bear on one of my baits that just started showing up and he's a nice one and he's a nice one yeah i don't know if i had to guesstimate i'd say he's over six and a half he's taller than a 55 gallon drum
1: yeah he looks to be a really good bear and so what you went and checked that bait yesterday or something like that yeah and so he's been in there two nights in a row by tomorrow night he'll be nice and comfortable
0: yeah and uh
1: boogeyman will be waiting in the tree for him yeah
0: so that'll be stone point number one and i picked i picked because i of course i got these you know stone points and got the arrows done and spun them so i picked the one that spun the least the worst (laughs) (laughs) two of them two of them are pretty dang you know spinning pretty dang good and uh And so I just picked my least favorite one to start out with. I only brought one. I got a couple of steel broadheads, but I only brought one. So I can't know I got more of them in the quiver because stuff goes downhill. You can (laughs) have all my stone points broken the dirt. That's right. And I got to, and the overall goal is to kill a grizzly with one this year. So got to keep a couple in reserve. I can't just go nap a couple more out. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there's a possibility that tonight
1: you might get to shoot as well. Just have yeah, to see I see mean, how it goes, you know, just sometimes just it's great, you know, when you you're early like that, and and other times it might not be. But I'm I've got confidence that it oh, should, I be. Think it should we'll, be just fine. I think
0: it'll be good. Yeah, and we Nick forgot his boots. Yeah, I forgot my boots, and Tyler forgot pants. So. Yeah, so I'm blue jeaning it tonight.
1: I almost had to wear Crocs, but luckily he found me a pair of boots that might fit me. We'll see. I I've done that once before forget my boots but I had to turn back that time I was going mule deer hunting and you kind of need boots to hike around
0: yeah get so used to just crocking it I came home (laughs) man I I was
1: in a rush you know I wanted to meet you at a certain time I started putting everything together and loaded up my truck and change and whatever and grabbed all my crap and went through a mental checklist before I walked out and locked the door and I didn't even realize I was still wearing Crocs so oh well
0: yeah no it happens (laughs) i was just surprised because i almost forgot my boots and i remembered threw them in the truck but i forgot my my pants so it's the old the old wranglers doing it tonight (laughs) (laughs) should be fine oh yeah i think i've shot them in blue jeans before it's not (laughs) you know I don't know. I don't get too wrapped up in, in the camo no. thing, especially for, you know, you're up on a tree. Most of the time, they don't even look at you. Right. But I wouldn't want to be wearing Crocs tonight. That'd get cold. <laughs> she's still getting... Yeah, it is still she's getting She's still getting... Down. Looking at the camera the other night, one night, that when that bear first showed up, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning, and it was like 35 degrees.
1: Yeah. I wonder how many more weeks of that cold stuff will have. But heck, during the day it's getting up in the high sixties. So
0: yeah. Oh, I mean when the sun comes up. But it's, I'm kind of liking that it's staying fairly cool. I don't really like that when it is real 75 hot. all day and half yeah. the night. Yeah. So back to back to bear baiting tips if you want. I uh, I keep see every year I see people doing. Oh, we're doing our burns. <laughs> I think it's kind of a waste of time myself. You know, now I don't know if it's like the most common thing to other people. Either you're you're doing a burn when you basically you're burning sugary stuff or bacon or whatever on a pan or a pot to get scent in there to bring a bear in and I I want to say a lot of people do it when they first set their bait up and I mean you just, the scent doesn't, in my mind the scent doesn't hang around long enough to really make that much of a difference no i mean
1: people do the burn and whatever and you see it on videos and everything like that but for for me you know if i go out there i want to get in and out as fast as i can when i'm rebating so i'm not going to sit there and do a burn i'm going to dump my bait check my camera whatever i'm doing and i'm going to leave or i'm going to stay there and hunt if i'm going to hunt I'm not going to do a burn in the tree because I haven't figured out a, a way to, you know, keep it from tipping over or just being a, a total pain in the butt. And if I do it on the ground, then I got to worry about a fire. You know, yeah. if a bear comes in and tips over my jet boil or my stove or my sterno or whatever I'm doing, you know, then, I mean, you could probably, it's possible to start a fire. You know, and and then what we were talking about earlier is like, if you're doing a burn and you want that scent to go where the where you think a bear might smell it, he's also going to smell you too because you're right next to it you know i i see some people burn a bunch of stuff and then dump it you know dump it over their bait and you know that that might work i mean that that's it's not going to hurt i just think maybe it might be a little bit too much like unnecessary
0: yeah and i just think i don't know i just think that if you already have a good attracting lure (laughs) you're you're not
1: i was just reminded of a, a funny story about a a friend a friend of a friend of mine in Montana one <clears throat> baited in, in Idaho and wanted to do a burn and he had this great idea to dig a hole, bury a thirty five gallon drum in the ground that had grease in it, and then he put a like a splatter grate over the top of it and he started a fire on top of that
0: <laughs> to oh, get the geez. grease
1: to get the grease burning and smell and everything like that and turns out he, he damn near did start a forest fire doing, Man. Doing that. <laughs> Jeez, that's taking it to the next level for sure
0: yeah it's just it's interesting because everyone has their own secret secret way of doing it and i would also add that uh if you put a new bait out like don't be surprised like because you see on the facebook pages and stuff like that now guys oh i've had my bait out a week it hasn't been hit yet or that's not uncommon no i mean a lot of new baits even in even in good spots a lot of times new baits it'll take two or three or four weeks for them to find it right right you know i mean that's and sometimes they never find it so you know i mean and even guys that are you know just because i've been seeing a bunch of this stuff it's still pretty early you know if you're put you put a new bait out a week ago right i mean it may be the middle of if if something's going to find it may be the middle of june before they really get on it you know and i i don't
1: know what level people put into planning where they put their bait once they find the general area that they want to hunt but there's some key things that, that you need to focus on. And one of them is make sure there's water nearby that way, you know, bears, if they're eating food and all that, they got to drink just like us. So they got to have water in close proximity. The other thing is to look at where, where you're setting your bait in, in relation to the prevailing winds of the area. And if you get on AccuWeather or, um, or even weather underground or whatnot, most places you can click on a map Anywhere where anywhere, and it'll bring up you know the, the general weather for that area, and you can look at what the prevailing wind was the fall or the spring prior, you mm-hmm. know. And I I've done that with with most of my bait sites where it's not readily apparent of which way the wind's going to be going. Obviously, if you're on a slope, you know I've got a few baits on the side of a mountain where you know at night the wind's going down, which is perfect if you put your stand in between the bait and you know down you know downhill side because they're going to come into the bait and you're going to be you know, perfect wind and then during the day that the thermals are going to take that scent up but if you're hunting in flatter country like we do you know you got to kind of know which way the wind's going to be blowing in the yeah. spring and if it's blowing to a spot where you don't think there's going to be bears you know using that area you know the chances are they're not, they're not going to find it as fast or as many of them will so yeah
0: and it and it, it that does make a huge difference like you know and have experienced it several times and for example, this this one grizzly bait of mine, we picked this spot, like, looking at the winds, yep. prevailing winds, and looking at the map, you know, basically combining what the wind's doing with where we think the bears are going to be, the grizzly bears are going to be traveling down the river. Right. And uh, And it worked well. Oh, it's been just a phenomenal spot, yep. and I, because I, one of the guys up there that we know that, that had, he had a bait not too far from there and he said he had it for you know, kept it running for a few years and just hardly ever had anything on it. And it's like a few hundred yards away. Yep. And so he finally abandoned it. But Yeah, yeah, so really paying attention to you know details like that.
1: Yeah, like if you're in a draw, you gotta figure, okay, which way that which way is the wind gonna be blowing. Well it's gonna be blowing down the draw or up the draw most of the time. Yeah. You know, those are that's a good that's a good thing, um you know, if you can find a draw like that but if you're putting them in flat country and, and your wind's blowing towards the road or towards a river and, and not not towards a, tra- a natural travel corridor for those animals to, to catch your scent, you know, you you might not have a bear yeah. on it at all. I set a bait just for fun two springs ago in a, in a really dumb spot just to see if it would work, and uh, I never had a bear on it one, and I, by dumb I mean very close to town, but, you know. I wanted yeah. to just see if I could if I, if I could make this work, and it was a long walk in and everything. But man, we set it up, and I th- I thought it was going to be good, and you know it, I knew the wind wasn't going to be absolutely perfect there for what I wanted, but it, it ended up being a spot that looked really good on paper and looked really good in person. But when you factored in all the other little things that matter as well, it, you know it was a terrible spot.
0: Yeah. Now here's something I want I want to hear your thoughts on baiting in like hilly country put your bait up higher on the hill or down on the bottom i'm i'm
1: like i want to be depending on how high the hill is but the few that i have on the mountainsides, um there the bait is about halfway up and the reason i do that is because i want to sit below it and i have a feeling that the majority of the bears are going to come from um left and right so along the side of the hill or or above it And, and and i've had good luck doing that but I've also put baits on like steep river banks and you know you're not you're not far off the river you know you're 100 200 yards off the river but I always even then I still make sure my stand is below the bait so you're basically shooting straight over straight over or sometimes yeah straight over yeah you wouldn't be you wouldn't be shooting up not those the, the ones I have in my mind you're shooting straight across and most people that bear hunt, they're hunting at night. They're not hunting in the morning. Nothing wrong with it. If you got bears on in the morning, go ahead and go for it. But if your stand is is lower than your bait, you know that bear is going to have to come downwind of you. And if you have something there to block it naturally, i.e., a river, um, you know they're they're not probably going to do that. But while they're on the bait, your your scent is blowing away from yeah. you. it's a, it, that's a great setup to have your bait up above you like that.
0: Yeah, and I and I get I'm reminded of this because I. And every time I think about this, i read, oh, it's an old trapping book. I remember reading somewhere, this guy was a really good fox trapper. I always recommended putting his scents farther down, not on the top of a ridge yep. overlooking a valley. Um, well, because, if, you because you know, if they're
1: on top, that scent's just going to blow just above it all. A,
0: blowing across, yep. whereas in the bottom, it can, you know, the thermals can bring it up. right. And, I mean, we're talking about two totally different animals, but the principle is kind of... The same. The same. So, you know, it makes sense to me to have it either, you know, quarter, up, quarter up on the Quarter to a way, halfway. Yeah. To where it's still going to be, that scent's still going to be hanging down in that valley where you may be expecting those bears to...
1: Well, and when it's, when it's you know, a quarter to a halfway up the mountain or whatever you're hunting on, you're also going to get that swirling wind to get, you know, to, to take that scent laterally um, yeah. along the sides as well. And then the thermals are going to get it up, and they're going to, you know, get get the scent going down as well. Yeah, I, I like baiting on, on hills, but where we're going today, there aren't a whole heck of a lot of them.
0: Nope. <laughs> nope, there's not. So did you get me a new handle for my, my landing net? Oh, man, I forgot all about that. <laughs>
1: I did not. Yeah, so. I'll get you one before oh, tomorrow.
0: I'm not worried about it. It we uh, <laughs> got a little excited. When we, when we were putting my baits out on the river, Frank was with us, and. And it's pretty funny. It's cool to watch how excited you get shooting beavers, because <laughs> we're an area where you can shoot them with a trapping license. And uh, Nick comes unwound. <laughs> <So> I don't. <laughs> I don't do that with anything else. I don't yeah. think.
1: But for some reason, I really like shooting those beavers.
0: Well, yeah, it's funny because I. Uh, so we, uh, first be. You know, we're dry running up to this upper bait, and was it Frank? It's like aren't we shooting beavers I, went, I was watching the river there's so much junk floating in the water Yeah, it was really bad wasn't it? and uh there's these two beavers that hauled up you know off out of the water on the left side of the river and so heck yeah so he turned around and went down there and shut the boat off and just drifted in there and nick pulled out his 22 and he was up first <laughs> this beaver there i'm like all right you got to shoot him in the head and i hear psst. and i see this little splash I'm like, what? And the beaver runs a little ways and stops. Psst. <laughs> Another splash. I'm like, what are you doing? Yank the 22 mag and give it to him.
1: I must have. I don't take full responsibility for that. And the bullets I was using were not, in fact, bullets. It actually had no gunpowder.
0: Yeah, they're those little, like, Aguila Calibri, I think. The little 20-grain, right. little pop gun But the reason squirrel. why I don't
1: take full responsibility is because I know I didn't buy those. So yeah. either my our roommate did or someone gave them to us or something, but there's no way in hell I would have ever bought that. Yeah. And I when I grabbed them to, to go, I just, you know, I just oh, was throwing was, stuff in a pile but I've, yeah that was a i've joke. done
0: dumber stuff than that but that was <laughs> that was funny so then it was a, di- a different beaver did you shoot that one or did frank
1: the one the, that the is, landing net yeah uh i shot it he finished it off when it when we got it up close
0: so through some experience <laughs> i found that it is very helpful to have a big landing net when you're shooting these beavers because a lot of times they're in the water you just, you know, you get kind of lined up and shut the boat off, and you're just floating down the river, and they'll, you know, they'll pop back up, and you can shoot them in the head. But you don't have, and it's a super silty river. You can't see through the water at all. And they'll float for a little bit, and then they'll, you know, if you don't get them quick enough, they'll sink. And you don't really want, it can be tough to, you know, reach over there and grab them by the leg or the tail or sometimes you're still twitching a little bit anyway landing net good idea <laughs> and uh so one of us shoots this beaver and it's floating down the river and i fire the boat up and try to get it maneuvered around to scoop him up <laughs> and my landing net, the pole little handle was collapsed down and nick jumps up in the front <laughs> of the boat grabs a pole and just yanks to oh, you know extend that pole and the pole goes flying into the river on the other side nick i'm like calm down <laughs> don't fall out of the boat <laughs> like <laughs> yeah so that'll happen i don't to... have a handle for my landing net anymore <laughs> <laughs> cut a spruce pole or something for it but oh yeah that's that's oh, way more fun than you would think it oh it would man be.
1: and you know we could have kept shooting them too if we wanted oh no, yeah after, we saw another four or five years that's about all you want to skin so
0: yeah i think we shot four and we shot 2 on the way up and skinned skinned one and hung the carcass up at that upper bait. And then way back down shot 3 more. I mean, we probably saw another 15 or 20 of them. <laughs> not even really looking. It wasn't even wasn't even late enough in the evening for them to really be out. But, oh man, it's there's just so much fun stuff to do up here.
1: Yep that river was a disaster compared to the past few years oh
0: it was terrible and i've seen it worse than that once that's almost as high as i've ever seen it i mean the one the spot that that bait that one bait the upper bait is normally you know you run up there pull over to the bank you (laughs) gotta climb up like (laughs) for a four foot bank basically to get up on on top of the bank and uh this one and the water was right up where you just we just stepped right out of the boat perfect. on there. Yeah, I
1: don't ever remember it being that easy to get up there, hauling you know dog food and everything. It's always been kind of a pain in the ass, but
0: yeah, and uh, try doing it by yourself. Oh yeah, you got to pull up there and then throw her in, throw throw her in gear, pushing <laughs> up against the bank while you jump out and tie off. But uh, yeah, there was little one. Uh, one other time, that river was so high. It was back before I had that spot. That at the lower bait, I pulled up and tied off to the willows, and I'd use a paddle to feel down over the side of the boat to make to find where the bank was. So <laughs> I did, and it was like knee deep, you know, going almost all the way back in there. But yeah, and, and we talk about there's like there's all sorts of junk in the river when the ice goes out in the spring up here. You know it it takes a while for all that ice to flush out and it's you know scraping up all sort of debris and sticks and stuff well what happened and it usually happens to some level is it got there's still a bunch of snow and the weather got, got like 70 degrees for a couple of days and all that snow melted so rivers came way up and it's picking up all sorts of logs and garbage i mean i don't know, probably saw 50 50 oh, full-size geez. trees floating down the river yeah and uh,
1: well, the worst part is that it gets stuck in your jet constantly, yeah. and then you gotta stop and get it out. And most of the time, it just falls off when you stop. But a few of the times, we had those sticks get up in there, and then you lose power altogether.
0: Yeah, with all that's you know the one weakness or a weakness of those jet those jet motors is they're sucking water up and spitting it out for your propulsion, and you know a jet outboard has a thing uh the water intake's called a foot and it has a grade on there and anything you get stuck in that grate you lose power it's
1: amazing how small of a piece yeah. will slow that thing down too i, I mean I, i've seen it happen a bunch the last few years with you but i you know we don't run jets in wisconsin <laughs> where i grew up <laughs> we yeah. run props you get up here and everybody's running a jet and i mean yeah they can get you a lot of places that a prop can't but they can also be a pain
0: yeah yeah but the mo- new motor's working out well so uh we no, just it ran great yeah just got her broke in finally it wasn't the 200 horse that i thought it was <laughs> with uh we
1: well we had way too much stuff
0: we had a lot Well, on three guys and that yeah. boats does really well with two guys and a fair amount of gear and stuff we had three guys and i don't know how we had to dump out like 150 pounds of bait (laughs) not dump it but we stashed it and then picked it up on the way back down because i couldn't get her up on step i was under some delusion that because i got five more horses on the back of my boat that (laughs) that much quieter anything. yeah four strokes really quiet i'm just looking forward to not having to buy all sorts of like gallons of oil this summer too constantly
1: mixing and getting it all over your boat and yourself.
0: But yeah, it's oh, I got the itch. <laughs> I the itch of lay in bed at night thinking about pushing the throttle down on that thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got to scratch it a little bit getting out the other day. It's not so desperate right now, but yeah, it's a, a love being on the river in the summer. Can be nice can be terrible too yeah that's right but yeah we're going for not a repeat of last year i think it was like may 24th or something had this big grizzly on the upper bait and me and frank were on our way up there to kill him we were like 25 miles up the river and the boat broke down (laughs) lost the bearing in my jet and so we were sitting on the gravel bar looking at pictures later while he was in there eating (laughs) but yeah
1: He ever come back after that night? No, he never came back. And that was the second or third night he was there. That was the
0: second night he was there.
1: Yep, those bears, the grizzly bears in particular, don't seem to stick around on a bait very long at all.
0: No, and I've heard, you know, and that's another thing that's different. I've heard down some of the guys like down on the Kenai Peninsula and down in Southwest Alaska, when the brown bears stay on it, that they'll stay on it, and it's—I don't know if that's because they don't. Move near as much as these bears up here. You know, they're generally around because a lot of those are salmon bears. Yeah. And they're, I think, generally in the areas that they're going to be feeding all summer. Whereas, I mean, whatever it's worth, my theory is that the bears up here have to move a lot more to find their food.
1: Yeah, especially around the end of May when they're looking for moose calves. They're probably, who knows how many miles they're putting on a day looking for the next one.
0: Yeah. And, but uh,
1: yeah, the down south those bears seem to stay on a bait all year as long as they're they're being fed, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, which that that just blew my mind when I heard that. But I, uh, I
1: don't I don't particularly think that brown bears roam near as much as the grizzly bears in the interior do anyhow. Yeah. I mean, these bears are born hungry and die hungry. They're constantly looking for food.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but that's I mean in I won't give away too many of my my grizzly baiting secrets, but uh, that's one thing. If you get a grizzly on the bait, you better hunt it. You better be hunting it the next night because yep. usually you get two nights out of them that they'll come in. Yep. Sometimes three, sometimes one, but two seems to be the most common, and then and then they're gone and you don't see them again
1: that sow and three cubs that you had on there was was there pretty regularly for a, maybe a week
0: yeah and that's that's one thing i noticed and i had one little grizzly that little grizzly on the lower yeah. bait yeah he was in there for a long time and i think that might be the exception like young bears or sows with cubs sometimes will often stick around a little longer but the right. bears you want to shoot yeah you know maybe if you get a boar that's on a hot sow
1: that's that, another that one.
0: want you know the sow wants to stay there that he'll he'll show up three maybe four nights but
1: when you shot your big one did he come in following the
0: sow? No, he was by himself.
1: But he was with the sow the day before or something like that or no? I thought I re- the really big one? Yeah.
0: No, I don't think he was no he wasn't with the sow. He was okay. by himself. And I just got I just got lucky. Oh yeah. just timed it right. I'd been the night before I hunted a bait way back behind the cabin that I had and I sat that bait almost all night till because there was uh, all the whole day before there had been two, like a boar and a sow, pretty nice boar on there, and they didn't show. So on my way back down the river the next morning, I checked my camera again, and that, boar, that bear had come in. So I came back that night and shot him. Okay. <clears throat> Which that was a fiasco, too, because we uh when we went back it took my cousin clint came with me and uh he had just bought a boat he bought a used boat <laughs> just bought this boat so oh, we'll take our boat and we were going to run up because i had got the four-wheeler stuck behind the cabin and it didn't have a winch on it so we were going to go pull it out we we're going to run up to the cabin pull that out come back down and hunt that lower bait and uh we get i don't know little over cord less than halfway to the cabin and his motor his motor blew no compression done
1: this was the night that you shot that bear yeah
0: <laughs> done so this is like late afternoon this motor breaks down so we start floating oh and eventually like some guys were headed back down river and had a big enough boat that they just towed us back they towed our boat back so we came back to town got my boat went back so this is like the third time that day I'd run the river. <laughs> I ran down from the cabin, came back to town, came back, broke down, went back to town, got my boat, came back. I think we sat down like we got sat down at like ten o'clock or something like that, and it was. Uh, oh yeah. It was a little after midnight. He came in or twelve thirty. I've never been so excited in my life. Oh man. That was uh, <laughs> sure. It's fun. I like to think I can usually hold my mud together pretty good. But, holy shit. <laughs> I could hear you all, you know, seeing the pictures. I'm like, I didn't know how big he was, but you could tell he was, I think it was a hoss. Right. And there had been two big black bears that were coming in, and they had been coming in around midnight. And then that bear had come in at like 1 o'clock or 1.30. So I told my cousin, I was like, well, you you know, one of these, these black bears come in, you shoot one of them, and then I'll shoot this grizzly if he comes back. Well, hadn't heard anything. and This grizzly, or then all of a sudden, it's like twelve thirty, and you hear limbs breaking back there. And I'm like, "Oh, that's him," you know, because black, those black bears usually come in real quiet, and the grizzlies tend to make make oh, a lot of a noise. Oh, Yeah. And so, sitting there, holding my bow ready to draw, and then I can hear him breathing before I could see him. And my heart's just doing like. I could I swear I could hear my heartbeat. <laughs> and I'm like, you gotta calm down, Tyler. This is just a bear. But he fortunately he fortunately came in and just flopped down and with without giving me a shot and sat there, made me look at him for like two minutes. And I'm just trying to breathe and calm myself down and me and still hold ready to draw because they're so Oh yeah. They're so antsy, you have to take the first good shot they give you. And He's laying there, and I hear a twig snap back there, and he looks, and then another twig, and he looks again, and I'm like, he's getting agitated, and I'm like, this bear's going to, those are those two black bears, and he's going to run them off, yep. and he might not come back, so I'm sitting there holding, and I hear another twig snap, and he jumps up, standing broadside, I can hardly remember it, but jumps up, standing broadside, drew my bow and shot, and then all, you know, like, hell broke loose. He took off tor- tearing through the alders. I mean, he only made it about 30 yards, but it was pretty I don't, exciting. Yeah, I
1: don't get much reaction out of black bears when you shoot them good. You get a pass-through or something like that. They usually just run and die. They don't make a whole lot of noise. But the brown bears I've shot have made all sorts of racket. They don't no. like that at all, <laughs> at
0: all, it turns out. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's weird. Like, I've, I don't know, probably only half the black bears I've killed have death moaned. Yep. Um and I think it can be you know maybe someone had done it and I didn't hear it what well, the the first one I heard do it it was way quieter than I thought I'm like man that thing's like 150 yards back there oh, okay. and it was only like 30 yards away yeah and uh but you know I've heard the black bears I know, do the death moan recording stuff falling all over the place yeah I've heard the black bears do the death moan and then oh there's a rabbit. That grizzly, that big grizzly, he, I mean, he was screwed. He was quartering away a little bit, turned out, and I went in behind the shoulder and came out in front of the other shoulder. Done. And he ran over there. I mean, it's it's so close, and he's so big and loud, like, you know, heard him go down, and then you just heard him sucking air through the wound. You know, that kind of... (laughs) Oh yeah. And, you know, which is a little morbid, but that's sound you want to hear. Yep. It means they're not going anywhere and uh, <clears throat> the second grizzly I killed the one you came and helped me drag out that one didn't make any noise aside. same thing I could just hear it sucking air you know when it run back in the woods and it only made it about 10 yards uh, farther than that other bear had and the one I shot the third one I shot kind of gave that initial Wah!
1: and then no death and then,
0: no he uh <clears throat> no and he he and spun around and ran off through the woods and i could just hear him run like 30 yards or so and then a bunch of panting, and then nothing and then my dad the one my dad shot that one was roaring pretty good <laughs> and that bear was not happy but uh yeah, that one, and that one last year, it, it kind of did a death moan. It was the only death moan I've really heard from a grizzly. And I thought, I was second-guessing myself. As soon as I shot it, I'm like, oh, yeah, she, that's, that thing's good. But uh, ran about 20 yards just back in the trees and stopped, and it's kind of slowly, like, turning around in circles, and I'm like, oh, you're going to fall over right there, and then started walking. Yeah. And, then, and then like a few, uh, just a couple seconds later, I, I heard that moaning. But it, it sounded like it was getting farther and farther away. Really? Was and it was just, just, getting, him just getting, getting quieter.
1: quieter. Sure. Because well,
0: that bear was only 40 yards back there. Right. But yeah, my experience, whether it's black bears or grizzlies, especially if they don't know you're there. With a with a good sharp broadhead, get both lungs, like they, they are not gonna go far.
1: No. I'm running out of bear meat, Tyler. I need some more.
0: Well, we should be able to fix that here. <laughs> Hopefully in a few hours. Here pretty soon.
1: Uh-huh. I love eating bear meat. I some people don't like it, but we make breakfast sausage it's out good. of it, we make hot links out of it, we've made hot dogs, we made brats. Uh, bear hams are incredible too, that delta meats makes a bear. Them. Ham. Well, Delta, Send them to Delta yeah, we them. take them down there, and they do the bear ham. You just take them, uh, the hind quarters whole, and man, that ham t- turns out just like you'd buy it from the store. Only I think it's better. Well, you know, I might have really to good. do
0: that this year.
1: Yeah, it's good. And do you guys? Do you make your own sausage? We we take everything, in. I don't. Yeah. I process a lot of the other wild game I shoot, but when it comes to bears, I, I uh, aside from the steaks that I cut out of the back straps, the rest. Um, i take in i we made a bunch of burger last year i guess uh bacon burger and it turned out excellent just mixed you know bacon with the with the bear meat and then you already got you know you got your fat in there and whatever and it turned out pretty good but i like roasts. you know bear roast long yeah. grain stringy meat it's, it's pretty damn good
0: i bet uh, see i've never tried corn in a black bear roast i oh, bet that, that would be really
1: good yeah it should be fine some people just detest bear meat. They'll do anything they can to not keep it. And in some areas of Alaska and other other places you hunt, I I agree. You know, you know, bears in the southeast. A lot of those bears are are pretty stinky. Yeah. You know, eating fish and everything. But these interior bears really aren't eating. I don't think they're eating many fish at all. The black bears now, yeah.
0: and it's only one of the grizzlies could I stand to eat it like three of them just stank terrible just just the your is your skin and just the meat stinks mm-hmm. um but i mean i don't see any reason why like if you get one and i think those grizzlies as soon as they come out of the den they're eating rotten stuff Anything old winter kills can. and yep. stuff like that
1: yeah but, I, very rarely do i leave the bear meat in the field Even, You know, after june 1st you don't have to salvage it but uh, my wife and I really like like it, and I don't mind sharing it with friends and everything. And a lot of you know, a lot of people have that weird thing in their head that they don't eat bear meat, but you wouldn't believe how many people eat it when they don't know what it is. Yeah, oh yeah,
0: <laughs> it's like pick up pick on my poor aunt. I brought a bunch of fish back from a fognack a few years ago, and she only wanted the halibut. She didn't want lingcod. Oh man, and I'm I like, love lingcod. I'm like Susan, like just because they're ugly. Yeah, they sure I'm are. Like, but damn, they taste good. I'm like Susan. I could feed you this and tell you it's halibut, and you'd think it's halibut. <laughs> but yeah, I know people. People get a little weird, but
1: you got to cook it all the way through. Yeah, you, you know, don't so want if it. You're cooking steaks or roasts, you know, be careful. But the, when you know, as far as a burger goes, or making spaghetti or tacos or whatever with the bear burger, I mean, you're going to cook it all the way through. It's not it's not yeah, science. Yeah, you're
0: not doing your medium-rare hamburgers with it, huh?
1: No, I wouldn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's not near as much snow up here as there no. was last time we were up here.
1: No, looking good.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm hoping to, I need to have a grinding party. I gotta,
1: got a bunch of meat.
0: Yeah, I've got some. I, I gave away because I still had some left over from the, year, the moose I killed the year before last. And then uh, there's a couple families that needed a bunch of meat, and I had a bunch, so I, I gave a bunch of that away. But I still got, like, still got some just freezer bag um, kind of pre deboned moose to, to grind. I got to grind that. So yeah. get a couple black bears down. We'll have to we'll have to make a party out of it.
1: We're <clears throat> we're not running low by any means, but I'm I'm definitely trying to get rid of as much of it as I can here before you know eating it every single day whatever we got left we got we got a lot of meat we won't finish it all but we'll give it to people that that will or i like to make it and bring it to work too and you know that's a good way to get rid of it
0: yeah you're a little more of a cook than i am
1: i like cooking yeah i don't mind it
0: i kind of it's like <laughs> i got to get in the mode of cooking well since we moved i got in springtime i got to buy myself a new grill
1: yeah 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 i like grilling and cooking and and i need to i
0: need to build my own smoker too
1: i was just talking with frank about that the other day and i'm going to definitely build one we want to do something a little bit bigger so you can do whole quarters and instead of doing 50 small batches which i've been doing the past couple years you know you can maybe do one or two big ones and be done especially for salmon man it's so much easier if you got something big to put them all in
0: yeah we uh one of my buddies in college was from the south, so he's into barbecuing and smoking everything. And he had just had one of those basically grill smokers with the you know the charcoal box on the side. Sure. And I the sheep I killed that year was in a spot where I just brought the meat out on the quarters.
1: You didn't smoke it, did we you? We
0: smoked a whole front shoulder. Really? Yeah. Was it, it was, good? It was amazing. Nice. Basically made pulled doll sheep. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs>
1: I couldn't bring myself to smoke any doll sheep, but I'm sure it tasted good. We've been eating sheep burgers and sheep spaghetti and stuff all week. And before I left for Germany, I wrote a note on there that says, do not touch. Yeah. <laughs> that way they didn't get any funny ideas, and I come home with no sheep left. So.
0: Yeah, Anytime, time ask you, oh, could I have some sheep meat? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, no, no. you haven't been around here too like, long, have you?
1: This one's not labeled. Sure, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Have some caribou. Yeah, it's really good, man. The burgers I've been making with it and everything else I've been making, it's just amazing.
0: Well, sheep's kind of a little bit fattier meat. Like, it's a little bit, it's greasier. Yeah, I've noticed making patties and stuff. Your
1: hands feel like you've been, uh, you know, working with hamburger that has a bunch of fat in it, but we didn't add anything to it at all. It's really good.
0: Well, we're getting, uh, getting a little closer, so... I think maybe we'll do one on the return trip if we're feeling up to it, and hopefully with some good news and fun
1: stories. Hopefully it's a long night. (laughs)
0: Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. And uh, if you have any comments or questions, you can email podcast at com. And if you can leave a good review on iTunes, not a bad one, that would be awesome. All right. Thanks for listening, guys.